Good morning again. Feels different once I'm up here. I have to reintroduce myself. I'm Derek. Um, I, uh, I get to say it again. I'm legally allowed to be here. And <laughs> I promise you we're the only church celebrating that in Springfield today. Uh, we're... Uh, does it encourage you when the person preaching looks at his watch before he starts? It's like, okay, it's like, okay he's conscious of time. We're going to be okay. We're preaching through a series. Um, we've been working through the book of the Bible, Ephesians, and it's an incredible letter, really just a this beautiful letter that Paul has written to the church in Ephesus. Uh, in Asia Minor, but it applies to us today. It's the letter of God, and he, he he's written this letter to encourage the church. The first half of the letter, he's speaking about what Christ has done, how Christ has fully provided for the church, how he has all the authority, how Christ has made a way. He's given us gifts. He's given us the gifts of the fivefold gifts specifically the spiritual blessings that he's poured out over us. He's taught us how to pray. There are three prayers actually within the one letter that Paul's written. Um, the, it's, it's rated as of the best literature written for that time, Holy Spirit inspired. Not Paul's ideas, but God's ideas inspired Paul to write and address a few things in the church. I want to say this this morning, that you called to be a holy community. You're a holy community, not a perfect community. There's a difference. We, too often we look at a church and we go, it has to be perfect, then I can belong to it, as opposed to, you know, it's a church calling me to holiness, I get to grow in it. Amen. I, I see in Scripture that, specifically in Ephesians, where Paul is calling us to live a higher life, a higher standard. And what's interesting about the Bible, it never tells you to do what is easy. It tells you what to do what is beneficial. It, it doesn't tell you to breathe in nine times a minute or whatever you need to do to live because you're going to do that anyway. The Bible tells us what we're going to battle to do. It's going to tell us not to worship idols. Check. It tells us not to be drunk with wine. Paul deals with a whole lot of things. Can you please pass me my Bible? Hi. We're not going to do it today, but I'm preparing you. Thank you so much. I'm preparing you. You must, if you, if you have your Bible on your phone, make sure it's the one that you can have offline. Else what happens is you go online, you check uh, version. you have a Facebook notification, you go check what's happening there. You haven't put your phone to silent. Video starts running, and what happens is in a setting like this, as soon as your phone makes a noise, we become dumb. You've so you set your phone to silent, make sure you have a Bible that's available offline, and then we're going to make a declaration, not from today, but within the next week or two, about as we're sitting in church, the Bible is going to be read to us, we're going to hear the Word of God, and it's going to change our lives. I told you we'd start this last week, I told you we're going to start doing it. I'm going to be serious about it, and we're going to start doing it, because this has to become more real to us. This is daily bread. This is not cake for special occasions. So, I, I'll read from it, in Ephesians, well, let me skim through a few things. 
addressed this last week, and I said I'd do a bit of a recap. Ephesians 5 verse 2. Don't have to go there, I'm going to read to you. Ephesians 5 2. Walk in love as Christ loved us. That's beautiful. Gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness must not even be named among you. He's calling us to be sexually pure. Is that a good idea? It's a great idea. 7. Therefore do not become partners with darkness. For at one time you were darkness. You were darkness, now you're no longer darkness. You are the light. It's a good thing. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. You're called to be wise. It's a gift, but it's also something that you have to ask for. If you go read in Proverbs, that's what Solomon says. Ask for wisdom. The wisest man who's ever lived, besides Jesus obviously, the wisest man who's ever lived says, ask for wisdom. Verse 20, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. It speaks about how we get to submit to each other out of absolute reverence for Christ. The way I treat you and the way you treat me is going to be based on how we live in Christ. Submitting to one another in Christ. We get to submit to one another in Christ. I don't submit to you outside of Christ where you tell me what to do, but in Christ, as this body works together, your ideas, my ideas, making the kingdom work, because they're God's ideas if we're working on the word. Do you understand we're in this together? You understand that this is what we do, not on a Sunday, but as a life. That when you see the sick, we have, there's an expectation that heaven has on us to pray for the sick. Now let the evangelists do that. All right. I commission you all as evangelists. What do you want? We'll carry on reading. Ephesians 5, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the... As to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and he is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so even wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Oh. Wait, no. That bothers us. That's bothersome. That's bothersome scripture. We'll tear that out rather. We can go to a different verse rather. Where's the my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory? That's a better text to read from. So I cannot do it with a real Bible, but you can do it in your heart. What's the difference? Thanks for joining us this morning. It's been great to have you here. So this morning... I'm going to speak to you about how husbands are the bosses of their wives. And my wife is going, no, you're not. I'm going, absolutely not, love. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. You can have it on the screen. Wives, I'll, I'll, I'll say it in a gentle tone. Wives, submit to your husband important word here as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church his body and is himself its savior 
Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Great. Let's get into that discussion really quickly. I know every counter-argument. I know the one where you stand in your hands and do it. I know the ones where you phone your mother-in-law and get information. I know all the counter-arguments. I'm going to touch on a few. I'm going to kick them out of this church, and we're going to love Jesus and move on. Amen. Husbands, when in those amens, do it quietly. Rather wait for your wife to do the amen. See, this is the challenge that we have. We go, well, according to when this was written, because a friend of mine once told me, and I've read it on Facebook, that because of the male-dominant environment, Paul felt free to write this. Holy Spirit didn't know it was going to change, so... They wrote it then because it was then a very male-dominant headship. The man is the head of the household and there's no space to say anything else. So Paul put it in there. Well, please get your friends and mother-in-laws. And I know my mother-in-law is going to watch this. Hey, mom. Let me tell you about Ephesus. Ephesus was an absolutely female-driven environment. They worshipped the goddess Artemis. I've got a picture of Artemis, not the god, but the statue. Those are all her boobs. That's going to get you into trouble. This was the order of the day. That's what they worshipped. It was the goddess Diana and Artemis. So what would happen was the goddess, the female, the woman, was the head of everything in that environment. But my friend said, shush, friend. You're being silly. That was the environment. So when Paul writes this, the church in Ephesus would have gone, oh my goodness, this is insane. Pretty much how some of you feel. When Paul writes this, this is the culture that you'd go to church and you'd then have sex with the workers that are there that are all female and that would be called sacred prostitution because you've got to worship the multi-breasted beast. And that was the culture of the day that the woman would have authority over men and it was absolutely depraved. As the, the small little girls that would have been thrown away, as I explained last week, children were considered trash. So if you had a kid, you just kind of threw them to the wayside. Children would be picked up. The boys would be sold into slavery and or become little fighters in the gladiator games. Uh, not necessarily in Rome, but I'm talking they'd have their local games. Little girls would be sold into a mess like this. So it's this female-dominant environment. And, and Paul writes this letter to Ephesus. He says, we've got to get out of this mentality of this. It's demonic. It's demonic. <laughs> it's the Babylonian spirit. And I'll tell you what they did in Babylon. Now, if you're sitting here going, my husband is not my boss, that's cool. But you're not his boss either. All right. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've, I've skated on thin ice all the way here and now I'm going to dance. 
on the ice. You know, one of the, the biggest things when you look at headship, it's every statement made about headship and the husband being head of the household, it's in Christ. It's in Jesus. It's not about being a boss. It's not about being the, the ruler. It's about being in Christ and submitted to that. Um, submission is a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Hey, yes. The, the problem is the world has distorted it and it comes, like I said, from the Babylonian spirit. So all the men that would work in the temple of Artemis, they'd all be eunuchs. Not wear tunics, eunuchs. Do you know what a eunuch is? My hand gestures explaining things because they're children in the room. So they would be castrated. So they would not be considered male anymore, but they would be considered emasculated and then they were allowed to serve it's been the strategy of the enemy all along to have the male headship removed so that we'll always be forced to look for the female goddess in africa it's a crazy problem um we they embrace jesus but they want mrs jesus they'll embrace jesus no problem within the african culture but who's his wife who's the so you're going well god is complete so is god just male no, actually, God is complete all in all. So he's female and male. No, he's complete all in all. That's why I said, Let's must, let us make man in our image. God makes Adam, but takes something out of Adam to make Eve. Together, there's a completeness. Didn't take Eve out of the skull to lord over Adam or out of the foot bone for Adam to walk on her. You know, I love the reference. He took a bone where her heart would be where his heart would be. It's the reference of how we get to serve together. The enemy has always wanted to have one lording over the other, and that has never been God's plan. But he wants one of you to be in authority, one of you to go, I'm going to lead this thing, the most impossible thing on the planet called marriage. Only God could have come up with this. Beautiful but impossible. It's like juggling water. You just, no matter how well you do it, it just doesn't feel like you're winning and it's a mess. And I have an amazing marriage. I have a phenomenal wife and I honor her. But we have to get our heads out of the woke movement where we go, well, I can be the head if I want to. And you can be that. So we become this Picasso church. The head's there and the tail's there. Or we become Picasso families. Where's the head? Don't know. He's gone to work so that the wives can rule. The world has done that. Let's eliminate genders. Gender doesn't matter. Until you're starving and you're trying to get eggs from a rooster and milk from the bull. Then gender matters. When they find a skeleton, what do they do? They go to the pelvic area. They look at the pelvis and go, has it got this fissure in where it can now expand for childbirth or not? Male and female, in the history of the world, only male and female humans have ever died. But now we fabricate the other stuff. Because it's a constant attack on headship. Headship does not make you better, men. And a submissive wife 
isn't an inferior person. Because in Scripture it speaks about God giving Adam a helper. If I want to carry something heavy, you've got your side and my side and it's heavy, I'm not going to go get somebody who's frail and weak to help me carry it. I'm going to get the strongest person in the room. God gives us a helper suitable for the burden that we have to carry. When we try Lord over them, we're lifting the weight disproportionately, we crush them. When we're trying to carry what's not us, we get nothing done. It's a privilege. Jesus shows us in Ephesians 1, his authority to guide the church. He shows in Ephesians 4, the fullness that he's able to supply all our needs. He shows in Ephesians 5, that he's able to protect us. Husbands, that's our standard. Because it says, you submit. But I, I'm, as a husband, I never tell my wife, you must submit. Jesus speaks to her. If I ever have to say to her, you will submit now, there's a problem. If she ever has to say to me, you need to love me, there's a problem with me. Now, we've had those discussions. Um, one guy I know, uh, him and his wife have been married for 40 years, over, oh, sorry, over 50 years. And I, his name is Ben, and I said to him, Ben, tell me about your life. And uh, he said, well, what do you mean? I said, your married life. He said, well, secret to a married life is I told her when we got married that I loved her. I never changed my mind. I never had to tell her again. Wow. You know what her response was? We were good because he showed me. I get scared on social media when people start posting, I have the best husband ever. Mm-mm, mm-mm, someone's messed up. By the way, if you did that this week, I'm not picking on anyone. I haven't seen it. Go online. Delete it. I have the best wife in the world. And you sent her flowers. What did you do? We need to live lives where the word of God becomes evident in my actions. I love my wife. She doesn't submit to me cowering. What do you need, master? My precious. That's only when you're choosing the wedding ring, apparently, uh, according to that movie. <laughs> but if I leave in love, please join me on stage, love. I'll read you, it's not planned. Husbands, love your wives, verse 25, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having her cleansed by the washing of, the, washing of water with a word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. If, you, you, just, you just be awesome there. If I've got my hands in muck and then work with her poorly, she's full of spot and blemish. When I spend my life pursuing Jesus in holiness and then come alongside her, loving her, I present her spotless, blemish-free. You with me? 
Yes. And then you don't have to buy the night creams. Without spot or wrinkle. If your wife gets all wrinkled, you need more Jesus in your house. They laugh the lines. Love doing life with her. I honor her, I respect her, I love her opinion. She runs the finances in our house because she's an accountant. I am not. I failed it at school. Because they'd say, you know, you, you, we have a different currency, but I'll use dollars. You go, like, you're $7 out. Seven, like you're 20 bucks over. Well, bring it. I don't care. Finds the very last cent. I release her to do that. Because that's her gifting. I'm the authority to release her into ministry. Jesus does not lord over the church and go, I'll prophesy, I'll preach, I'll be the evangelist, I'll be the apostle, I'll do everything. He goes, I release you to do what you're called to do. Lovely, I'd love to preach and teach. So, can I ring that bell this morning as well? Can women teach and preach? I want to do this quickly today. Shh, shh, shh. I release her into it as she submits to my authority and I release her into it she can do whatever she wants I'll build a whole other case if you want I'm not going to do that now there's kids ministry we've got to get them paroled sorry out in the next 20 minutes but for me that's my fastest answer how do I see her release into ministry I release her into ministry when the enemy comes, and this is a big thing, guys, live lives where your wives want to submit. All the ladies are, hmm? Preached. And then when the enemy comes, and he will come, because the enemy will come and have her doubt the word. It's the old strategy. The devil goes to Eve and goes, did God really say and then she starts engaging with the enemy. And I promise you, gentlemen, I'll speak to the husbands and those that I hope to be married one day. I promise you, the enemy is targeting your wife, telling her that she's useless and she's stupid and she's fat and she's a dreadful mother and will amount to nothing. And the enemy will vomit and bark this trash at her all the time. And all you need to do is treat her poorly and you're reinforcing what the enemy is already saying. But if you'll come with a counter, not argument, response, so I have a thing with Haiti, and I say to her, you're beautiful. She has to say thank you. Slowly through her submission training, <laughs> she's lagging in certain areas. But I've had to say to her, when I compliment you, you will agree and then say thank you. Because too often we say to our wives, you look lovely. No. Like I'm just, I'm trying to get the enemy's voice to be silenced and you partnering with him. Um, I was a young boy and I, my dad, he, he complimented in front of my mom, 
he complimented a lady at church the one day. He said to her, her name was Louise, remember it very clearly, Louise, you have a lovely dress on today. You look very pretty. And she went, oh, this old thing. And he went, you're right. Second glance, it doesn't look great at all. She got unusually upset when he agreed with her. So wives, and those who will one day be wives, when your spouse says something nice, smile, agree, and say thank you. Well, let your husband try this. You're wearing that. Does my bum look fat in this dress? Or does, does this dress make my bum look fat? No, it's the cake you eat. <laughs> Men are laughing, going, he's dead. <laughs> Faith cake, preach it, preach it. The devil will attack your wife. Speak life over her at every opportunity because when I'm telling her she's lovely and she's gorgeous. Look, I'll be honest as well. She says to me, they dressed, excuse me, my beard got all excited with her. If she says to me, do you like this dress? I will very comfortably say no. She'll then get upset. This is not marriage advice, please. This can cost you your life. Because I'll say to her, it's the dress that I don't like. It's not you just it's not you not the dress okay so we, we've, we've dealt with that verse 28 in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself um, for no one ever hates his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we're members of his body ladies so you don't understand this text at all I'll have to explain this to you and I'm not being negative because of your gender it's just men can be fat overweight, looking horrific, and they look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, yeah, looking good, bro, looking good. It's true. A lady will gain a feather. I don't know what weight it is, but it's a feather. And um, it's the most depressing device we have in our house. It's that bathroom scale. And uh, I'm like, write your own number on there. Set your own destiny. Ladies will see a smallest adjustment and be sad about it. So when you read this, that you, you must love your wives as your own bodies. Men, the way you love your own body, where it doesn't matter, where you let things slide. <laughs> you know, your back's so hairy, it looks like you've got to jump on underneath. Ladies, when I say these things and you look at your husband, you're giving away the story. When a guy puts on weight, he's like, yeah, I'm bulking. It's what we do. Guys, love your wives the same way. Where it does not, if they're bulking, that you still love them. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, don't try and find a reason to say something and be negative and not love them. But find every reason. I've sometimes, um, 
you could yeah you know you're not going anywhere going to tell you a story suddenly got thirsty holy spirit says no you're not so i'll move on therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife stop being mommy's boys you don't cook like my mother does <laughs> two shall become one flesh this mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ in the church, but he's speaking about this profound mystery. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. Let the wife see that she respects her husband, not obeys. It respects. How do you respect someone? They need to be respectable. Hold yourself to your standard, men. I'm going to read this really quickly. Then I'm going to hammer you with something else. And then we're going to go home. It's a great opportunity. You're right. And I'll, thank you so much, Andy. Um Men, this is not the, Stop playing TV games. Pack the console away. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So there's a 50-50 split here. Some of you are too old to know what I'm referring to. <laughs> this is headship. This is headship in Scripture. <clears throat> First husbands are never commanded to rule their wives, but to love them. Men are commanded to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Do what you've been told to do. Don't try and force the other one to do what they're supposed to do. Headship is never portrayed in Scripture as a means for self-satisfaction and self-exaltation. Make me dinner, woman. Shut your wife, man. Shut your mouth, man. Mm, yeah. Headship is always other orientated. You matter more than I do. Jesus literally did that on the cross. You matter more than I do. Your life is worth more than my life. Headship is not the power of a superior over an inferior. If I have $100 worth of wood nails, right? And I have $100 worth of bread. Which is more valuable? Depends what the role is. If we're hungry, we're eating bread. If we're framing a house, we need the nails. Same value, different roles. I want to be the head. Why? I want to be the head. Why? Woman's lib. From what? I don't know. I'm just being emotional. Mm-hmm. Can I not, not talk about women's emotions? Can we? Women run a four-motion emotion cycle over their 28-day cycle. Four very distinct ones. One is eight days long and the other one's six days long. You're going to have a dip in certain chemicals. There are chemicals in your body that if you put it into a man, we would die. <laughs> we do not know how to manage real emotion. We have three basic emotions. 
hungry, angry, the other one. So, you, that's why I do, I do weddings. I say to the guy, you're going to cry, get a tissue, read your vows. I'll be fine. No, dude, you cannot. We're stupid. We're men. We don't know how to do the motion stuff. I'll be fine. Wife walks in there. Bride walks in, beautiful as anything. The Lord has descended, and the angels have done her makeup and her hair, and she walks in there, not a tear in sight. Husband, uh, uh, sounds like a buffalo that's been wounded. Uh. And I stand there, where are your vows? Uh, uh. I'll read them for you. Same value, different functions. Headship's a responsibility more than a right. That's what I was getting to with the whole story. Oh, someone's taking it badly. <laughs> Headship entails gentleness and sensitivity. Headship entails gentleness and sensitivity. Tough guy. Yeah. When headship is viewed as a sacred trust in which the husband is called by God to lead and honor and sacrifice for his wife, the tone and the mood at home is radically improved. He might not be the best leader, but he's the one that God has in your household. Back him up and let him lead. But he's not the best. I didn't choose him. You did. And I sit with men like, my wife has become such a, mm, mm, mm. when did it start? You know, when I married her, she was amazing. Uh-huh. And, then, and then it just got worse, really. Can you not see the link? What changed? You joined her life. <laughs> I'm thinking now, we should have rehearsed it. She should have come up towards me, hug me, and go, it's fine. Now she's patronizing me. John Stott makes this statement. If headship means power in any sense, then it's power to care, not to crush. Power to serve, not to dominate. Power to facilitate self-fulfillment, not to frustrate or destroy it. And in all this, the standard of the husband's love is to be the cross of Christ of which he surrendered himself even to death in his selfless love for his bride. Men, that's the expectation that you have on your leadership. And you thought submission was the difficult part. Children, obey your parents. Stop being idiots. Now your kids... Your, your children must be obedient. That's my grandson. Mm. Honor your mother and father. Children, listen. Wake up. Nudge them. Listen. Honor your mother and father that you may live long in the land. It's a blessing. Dads, do not provoke your children to anger. Discipline and instruct. And then there's this whole thing about... Uh, bond servants but we don't have to go there because there's no slavery in the world we can exclude that one I'll tear that one out of scripture as well can we tear it out I've got it here we'll tear that out of scripture as well because we don't have slaves wait we don't have slaves here 
but get a passport, travel somewhere else, and you'll find out that slavery is a big deal. It's a big deal. And the Bible has given an instruction on how to work with slaves. Just because they don't live in North America doesn't mean it's not real. Slavery is real. I don't want to do the head covering one. No, you may not leave. Uh, by the way, head covering, go look at any uh, false religions. Most of the guys have got a on that. Anyway, Ephesians 6, verse 10. He's spoken about you and I, and how I get to love you, and you submit, and uh, very well, yes. And the children, and the, the life with bond servants, and then the scripture goes, finally, which means it's part of that whole discussion. But we want to take this part out. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. And as kids, you know, they get them all in tin foil. Put, put so much aluminum on them. We have to go for heavy metal tests afterwards. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Paul has done this whole breakdown of guys. When you get married, you submit to her. He loves you in unity together. You become one. It's a mystery. We don't even know how it works, but we become one. Enemy comes to my wife. This is all he sees. Okay. When it comes time to make coffee, that's all the kettle sees. It's true. Finally be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, putting on the whole armor of God. If we are one in spirit, we get to wear the armor of God perfectly. But while there's division in our roles and in our functions and in what we're called to do, the armor of God no longer fits like it should. It's part of what we're called to. <clears throat> My ears have lost weight since I started here. It's part of what we get. The armor of God. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, forces of darkness, fallen, de fallen angels and demons. That's what I'm fighting. And I'm not going, mm, sweetie, I'm not fighting with you today. It's your demons. I'm not fighting you. There's something attacking us. How are we going to deal with this? finally be strong in the Lord if you're not being obedient to the Lord how are you going to fight in the Lord finally be strong in the Lord in the power of his might put on the armor of God we carry it as a couple the enemy's been trying to take this out from the very beginning enough enough Husbands, would you please stand? I'm going to have you say a whole lot of things. Some of it's going to bug you. Um, some of it will challenge you. Um, I'm not concerned at all. 
shouldn't be either. I'll give you a rundown on what we're going to do. We're going to repent for we haven't loved and done well. And then we're going to make a few statements over our lives. Can I ask the ladies, and, you know, and, and I know there's some guys sitting, if I can ask you just quietly, just to pray for our, for our men. Just, Lord, we bless them. Just, uh, we, they're going to make declarations, but I don't want you sitting there staring at them. This is, this, is, this is real business now. Husbands, I'd like you to say this quite loudly to hold yourself accountable before God and man. I repent for neglecting my responsibility. I repent for neglecting my family. I repent for trying to do it on my own. I will love my wife as Christ loves the church. I will protect my wife as Christ protects his church. I will lead my family closer to Jesus. I will lay down my life like Christ laid down his life. I will lead my life, my wife, I will love my children, all in the power of Jesus Christ. take your seats wives would you please stand reluctantly I have a family member who's convinced that the word submit was spelt incorrectly and it should be summit hasn't had a great effect Ladies, I'll give you a heads up. You're going to repent for anything that I've possibly done where I've dishonored myself, my husband, or my family. I'm then going to say, I'll lead you to say, I'll submit to my husband as he leads me in Christ. And then about pursuing Jesus and respecting your husband. It's going to be those four, three things. I'm, I'm warning you. That's the call. You have to it, ladies. I repent for anything. try that again so far it's just four people repenting in the house I repent for anything I have done to dishonor myself my husband or my family I will lovingly submit to my husband as he leads me in Christ I will pursue Jesus alongside my husband I will, in Christ Jesus, respect my husband. Can I ask everyone to stand with me, please? All of you. Headship, not governance. Governance is part of headship. Not rulership. 
lovingly leading closer to Christ. Husbands, read the word every day. Pray with your families. Do it when they don't like it. Let it be known in your family, even when dad was tired, he read the word with me. Even when dad was tired, I knew Jesus. Now, I know there are going to be a lot of questions after this. I suspect there may be a few. There are two people that you're going to take your discussion to. Jesus or Heidi and myself. This is not a discussion for you to try to figure out with your Facebook mentor. Okay. But you'll be fine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that we get to submit to you, to rely on you, to lean on you. Lord God, I thank you for every extraordinary man in this room. These incredible husbands and men that you, your sons that you've raised up, Lord God. I thank you, King Jesus, for the loving wives that are scattered across the room and even the families that have joined us online, online, Lord God. I pray a blessing over every one of them. Where the enemy has come in and started lying to women and men about who they are in Jesus, Lord God, I pray, silence the enemy. We rebuke him now in Jesus' name. We speak life over families, life over marriages, life over husbands and wives. And this morning, as we break bread together, we remember the sacrifice, Jesus, that you made. And as husbands, we'll choose to do the same, laying down our lives as leaders of our households. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we have... It's the danger of when you become one. We have tables across the sanctuary, two at the back, two in the front. We have communion all set up. I want you to go there and I want you to smile at people. Because if you don't smile, people are going to think there are problems in your marriages. <laughs> Greet people. Go and grab the wafer and the juice. Get back to your seats. And we're going to celebrate the goodness of Jesus.